staccato handguns are trusted and approved by over 900 elite law enforcement agencies, including 65 SWAT teams. When it comes to accuracy and reliability, the choice is easy with staccato. Hey, welcome back. You're listening or maybe you're watching Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. We're also on YouTube, the Police One YouTube channel. Check us out if you're only listening and vice versa. All right. Well, we often talk about policing in urban areas on the show, from mid-sized cities to large metropolitan areas and all related issues confronting law officers. Today, we're speaking with the sheriff of a large department in Arizona located at the southernmost tip of the U.S. at the intersection border with New Mexico on the Mexico border. Our guest today is a sheriff of Cochise County, Arizona. Sheriff Mark Daniels is a 38-year veteran of law enforcement and holds degrees in criminal justice management, and he is the sheriff of Cochise County in Arizona. Hey, welcome to Policing Matters, Sheriff Mark Daniels. Well, thanks for having me, Jim. And uh, for all the viewers, thanks for what they do, too. Yeah, great. I mean, the majority of our listeners are law enforcement officers, but also families and friends and just people who want to hear about law enforcement issues and just get better educated on what's happening. And Sheriff, you have a large piece of territory with some great Wild West history and a lot of space to cover. Tell us about your neck of the woods or in this case, your neck of the desert. Well, Cochise County is the 38th largest landmass county in the country, which is under 6,300 square miles. Uh, we're 83 miles international border. We're located in the southeast corner of the state of Arizona. So 83 miles international border. We go all the way up to the state of New Mexico. Also, uh, we're just south of Tucson and uh, we're rich in uh, tribal history with the tribal Apache uh, chief Cochise. We had Geronimo here. Uh, but we have no tribal lands here in Cochise County. We had we had Tombstone in our county, so uh, White Earp and the Earp family, the Lawman legacy there, uh, the Buffalo Soldiers, uh, and the only sovereign land that we don't police in Cochise County is Fort Huachuca, which is a U.S. Army military installation that's here, and I was stationed there back in the early '80s. So again, this is a, a great county, uh, part of the Wild West. If you want to look at a poster, that's kind of what we're known for, but. Uh, we, we address crime like anybody else, but it's a, it's a great place to live. Yeah, I can imagine. I've been down to that uh, area and it is beautiful. And in speaking of rural areas, especially in an expanse such as this, backup and EMS support must be a concern for you and the deputies in the field miles apart from towns and support. How do they deal with this kind of a challenge? Well, it's a big challenge. I a little little history on uh, demographics of the office here. We have 99 sworn deputies that work the road that respond there. 75% of them are in patrol. The other 25% work special operations. Then I have three jails that are run by uh, detention officers, civilian staff in the county. And the reason we have three jails is the vastness of the county to transport to and from uh, locations of arrest. And then we have support staff, civilian support staff. So about 264 total employees that work at the sheriff's office. Um, again, a third of that is our patrol side. So it can take two and a half, three hours to get one from one side of the county to the another, depending on where you're going. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge for my deputies. But when somebody calls 911 over by the New Mexico state line, we have to respond. So strategically, we have done our best 
to ensure that we have reasonable responses, but we also have priorities. So if we have a pursuit, we have a domestic in progress, a, a critical accident, whatever it may be. I mean, they prioritize and we get there. Sometimes it takes a while to us to get to some of the folks. And I tell them this is part of the West compared to the East. The people, the citizens of my county, I tell them, you're their first, you're your own first line of defense. If you rely on us, it might be too late. So people know that in the county. Most people here, are, they're a big believer of the Second Amendment. They believe in protecting their assets, protecting their, their homelands. And uh, so, in, and we've seen that. Sadly, we've had, to, uh, we've seen that. So we're, by the time we get to a call, we, we're the processors. We process the scene. Yeah, so you must have like, Thule or Yakima racks on top of your rigs with all the stuff that you need to carry. Do you have enough deputies to deal with corrections and the patrol duties? I mean, across the country, we've seen staffing shortages, some agencies uh, being 12 or 18 hour agencies with a, you know, a closed sign on the door after hours. I recently saw a recruitment video of yours. You were on YouTube uh, stumping for Cochise County What's what's your staffing like today? Well, we're we're probably uh, the abnormal when I say this. We're fully staffed. We are fully staffed when it comes to my patrol side, my sworn staff, my bureau. In fact, we're overstaffed. We have people waiting to be hired. That goes back to the reputation of the sheriff's office here. Uh, the men and women that work here that market it every day. Our homegrown uh, hiring programs here. Our, we run our own police academy here uh, through our partnership with the college. So that's really, really helped us and compared to some of my partners. But also, I'm a, I'm a cop's cop leader. I believe in supporting the men and women to go out and put their lives on the line every day. And, and I go, I'm a working sheriff. I'm not an administrative sheriff. So I'm out there on the road with them. In fact, my stats are pretty high if you look at it compared to some of my, my own deputies. But uh, the challenge I have is in our detention. Hiring in our jail is a challenge throughout the nation. But again, we've gone all the way up to just one opening. Now I think we have six, seven, maybe eight openings in our jail. So that, that's the challenge right there. And we're working on some uh, strategies to, to enhance our hiring in the jail. But like any law enforcement, we saw the scrutiny, we saw the, the challenges, and we jumped on that early a couple of years ago. And right now it's working. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I love the idea of leadership by example, by modeling the behavior and driving around. I don't know if you put undue pressure on your deputies by getting more citations or arrests than them, but um, that's another podcast. Jim, one thing I do is um, I don't believe in quotas. I'm not a quota-driven sheriff, but I am a quality-driven sheriff. My pet peeves are rudeness and laziness. If you're rude or you're lazy, you're probably going to have a hard time fitting in our culture here. But if you want to come out and work and be a cop, it's a great place to be. Awesome. So what kind of technology do you have out there? I would imagine the Wi-Fi is not great. And then we've, we talk about the 1033 government surplus program, uh, you know, a few times on the show uh, where you can get equipment like maybe even aircraft. I know you don't need the, uh, the, the boats or any sort of water deployment, but drones, flare systems, communications equipment and the like. It's been drastically limited by past presidents and Congress. How do you fill the gap in your technology needs and your technology deployment? Well, everything we do, Jim, and let me just say, starts with our reputation and our relationships with our state and local 
partners and federal partners and supported by a community that wants us to do what we do. In the last 11 years that I've been sheriff, I've served, this is my 39th year, but the last 11 uh, as sheriff, we have secured over $100 million in outside funding to initiate innovative and creative programs to keep our community safe. That's almost unheard of. That's why uh, when it comes to our helicopters, when it comes to, we do have a boat, by the way, we do have a lake in our county. It's a dive rescue boat. Uh, and we help that in a regional setting too. I told Mike when we first got that, I said, hide that boat. Because people are wondering, why does he have a boat? Because we have one natural lake in the state of Arizona, but we do have a lot of man-made lakes. That's what we have in our county. But long story short is, uh, we do. We're very creative when it comes to securing funds. Our county does pretty, very well in itself when it comes to funding and budgets. But again, when it comes to things we want to do, I've become very savvy and going out there and finding this. The federal government was a huge resource for us, the DRMO program like you're talking about, but uh, that has been cut back. And sadly, it's been cut back. So we've accepted that and we've gone on other means to do that through private funding, through uh, state grants, through nonprofit grants. Like example, we just got one point, I think $5 million for a mental health response team to help our employees, my deputies, my detention officers, and more important, to help our uh, citizens in need. So we can get to these scenes before we have a critical event that blows up. Um, and I'll give you an example, Jim. I, th I think it's really telling being on the border. We had a third grader going to school, walking to school. She walked up on a deceased body. And this was a migrant that was uh, picked up for smuggling, died in the car. They, uh, the, the driver rolled the body back out along the shoulder and left the body there. Welcome to our border. Uh, the third grader walking to school walked up on this uh, deceased person. Sad in all angles. The school called me and said, Sheriff, what can we do for the family? They need counseling. They need this. I didn't have the resources. We do now. This is what I'm talking about. I see a need. We go after it. Uh, school security, for example, we've outfitted our schools with radios in every one of our schools. Uh, we just got another $1.5 million for no more school enhancement, working with our school superintendents. So again, we we're, we try to be on the cutting edge and not, I don't want to be the witness to it and explain to the media why we didn't have the resources. I want to be the person that said we tried or we have it. That's where I want to be. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, with the gaps, you've got to do something. You're doing the, you're pulling the right levers and your deputies on patrol. We talk about uh, them being several miles out uh, from contact from other patrols. And uh, as you mentioned, what, let me ask you about the uh, weather impact and listeners may be saying, Hey, when it rains, you put up an umbrella and when it's hot, you turn on the air conditioner. It's much more than that where you are, isn't it? I mean, I've been to the area and, and a friend of mine who lives there talks about the flash floods and how um, sometimes you get these torrential rains where you've got to just pull over to the side of the road and then good luck moving on after that. How have the deputies been dealing with those kinds of conditions? Do you have substations out there in the middle of nowhere where they can just hunker down for a bit? Well, we have we have our main administrative office uh, in Busy, which is our county seat. Then we have seven satellite offices for the deputies that they go into. Plus we have partnerships with our fire departments. They can pull in there too. Cause it's such a, like I said, large County. The, the other thing is part of our, going back to our recruitment retention program is we hire, I call them homegrowns. We have uh, career technical education programs in all our high schools. So we're working with these, these youth before they even graduate and working with certificate programs. So when they walk out, 
we're trying to grab onto an 18 year old, 18 year old, 18 years of age to come work in our detention facility and in our uh, office. By the time he hit 21 to be a sworn deputy, then they come over and work uh, as a deputy or they stay in corrections, which I'm okay with that too. There's two, two bureaus there. So they, the people that work here, no, they've grown up here. They know the monsoon season when we get majority of our rain in two months. That's why we have the flash floods and the ground gets so saturated they can't handle it. They got the ground. So the people that live here, the citizens that live here, it's the those that challenge our weather and don't respect it that perish with it. And we've had a, it seems like once, one or two a year that perish every year in the monsoon weather. We get about 12, 13 inches of rain a year. That's our total rain. So Dryness is, is a way of life out here. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you mentioned CTE because that is the way to go as far as recruiting and retention. I just hosted, I just moderated a, um, a program in California about the career technical education and having explore and cadet programs. So you're ahead of the game. Hey, I'd like to ask you more about the pressing issues in your county, drugs and immigrations issues. Uh, But first, I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor. Choose the handgun trusted by over 900 law enforcement agencies across the country. With Staccato, you can feel confident knowing you aren't sacrificing incredible accuracy for reliability. Whether you're protecting your family at home or on duty, Staccato has your back. Military and law enforcement receive discount pricing through the Staccato Heroes program. Visit www staccato2011 backslash heroes program.com to learn more. That's staccato, S-T-A-C-C-A-T-O, 2011 backslash heroes-program.com. And we're back. And I'm speaking with Cochise County, Arizona Sheriff Mark Daniels. And the challenges you have out there are different than those that we usually talk about on the program, Sheriff, what are the most challenging issues at the border area of Cochise County for you today? Well, Jim, let me kind of give a, you know, we're a sheriff's office. Arizona's got 15 counties, not a lot of us. We have statewide jurisdiction, which is great for us. Right now we're working on state interoperability, so our deputies can talk anywhere in the state. It's a program the governor and I set up about eight years ago and working with sheriffs and uh, public safety partners. The um, the challenges we deal with, we're no different than we handle we handle DUIs, we handle crashes, we handle domestics, we handle um, drugs when you're on traffic stop, you name it. We do everything that any other law, full service law enforcement agency does. But our big challenge over, especially over uh, since I've been sheriff 11 years and prior to that uh, with the sheriff's office, is a border. We've always had border crime. Now, to put it in perspective, that's been a roller coaster depending on the administration in Washington, D.C., depending on the trends of the cartels. We've always had challenges with border. But I will say this. This is not a political statement. This is a reality statement. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of this border. And right now we're seeing the ugliest. So my county last year, we arrested 1,578 people for border-related crimes. Uh, The 1,578, and these are state offenses. These are ones that commit a state crimes. I'm not an immigration officer, don't tend to be and don't want to be. That's a federal authority. So all those 1,578, 1,500 were U.S. citizens that came from all over the country to participate in international smuggling here in Cochise County. So they drove down from Michigan, Chicago, Illinois. 
I mean, you name it, they came here. Two former law enforcement officers were arrested in my county last year, coming down to partake in the game of greed and international crime. The going rate to pick up migrants that come across the border illegally in my county is $2,500 per person to drive them from Cochise County to Phoenix, Arizona, which is a little less than three hours. So it's attracting. It's done through social media. That's how the marketing uh, platform works. They come here, then we pick them up. So again, 1,500 were U.S. citizens, only 78 were foreign-born. Those were ones that are not non-citizens that were arrested for state crimes. That's what they were booked in my jail. Look at the increase. Average uh, border-related crimes are about 5 to 10% in my county. We went up to 44% last year. So what an impact that we've been dealing with for the last two years alone. And we keep seeing this going up and up. This ranges from everything from murder to 180 pursuits that we booked in last year, 139 drivers that were charged in a three-month period alone just for smuggling. We had 882 smuggler uh, drivers turned over to Border Patrol last year. Um, we did 1,306 human smuggling investigations last year. 601 victims of felony crimes in my county alone last year related to the border. So you can see the impact over the last two years. And that was just last year's stats that we've been dealing with. And this is an uptick, uptick. When you see the national uh, news talk about the border and the uptick, the historical numbers that Border Patrol CBP releases, we're a product of that. And let me just explain what that means too. We don't get, you see in the national news in Yuma, Arizona, or Del Rio, Texas, or Eagle Pass, the give ups, the hundreds coming across, thousands coming across, giving up. We don't have give ups. 80, 90% we see in my county are gotaways, which means they wear camouflage from booty headgear all the way up to um, wow, the clothing, the backpacks, the water jugs. And they're by 80, 90% are single male adults ages 20 to 30 years of age. We only get about 10%, maybe a little more, that have children and um, females. So these people don't want to be caught. They don't want to give up. They can't because either they got aggravated deportee status, which means they've been deported by the federal government, or they got criminal records, or they're from countries of interest. So they're paying a big price to the cartels to be smuggled through Cochise County. We do everything we can to stop that for a public safety reason, a national security reason, and a humanitarian reason. So that's what I deal with. That is the biggest challenge we're dealing with. We've become so accustomed here for their daily pursuits that come through my county because the cartels tell them, pick up the migrants and then go 100 miles an hour and get out of that county. Well, every time they do that, they're risking my citizens, they're risking law enforcement. The attack on law enforcement, the risk law enforcement is dealing with down here has never been seen before. And that's why I just described to you, it's the ugliest right now. And I'm just going to say this to you. The biggest challenge we're having on top of that is when local and state and federal governments work together, that's a recipe of success. But when I have, I'm just going to say this to you, when you have the Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, when you have the Vice President and President that are not engaged. They have not prioritized our border. And they say that the border is effectively secured. That hurts. That's an insult to everybody wearing a badge. All of us wearing a badge. I work with Border Patrol, CBP every day. They're frustrated. Their morale is down. They're losing institutional knowledge. Their leadership's a lot is leaving as a result of this failure to support those that wear a badge. And I'm a big believer in that after 39 years. So we have to do a better job on this border because the fentanyl, which Arizona leads the nation, that's killing 300 a day, 
thousands, thousands a year, we got to get back and engage and talk about the war on drugs. Because when children, families, and communities are being destroyed at the hands of this poison, we're failing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to follow up with, you've talked about human trafficking, but the drug uh, amounts must be huge. Uh, your tip of the spear there at the, the border. Um, yeah, the fentanyl, huge. Uh, we hit, we topped 100,000 overdose deaths uh, in America last year for the first time ever. And it's only looking worse with the, the fentanyl and the, and the higher um, uh, lethal dose of fentanyl uh, coming across the border. Um, any statistics on what you're pulling down uh, annually there? Well, in 2019, when it comes to fentanyl, there was 2,600 pounds of fentanyl seized on the Southwest border in 2019. Last year, we hit almost 14,000 right in that area, 14,000. It's almost a seven times increase. They estimate that we seize five to 10% what's coming across the border. So 90%, it's incredible the amount of drugs that are being seized on the border. To give you an example, in since 2017, we run a virtual camera system for the state of Arizona in my county. It covers the whole state for the southern border and parts of New Mexico. We've had over 400, almost 450 drug smugglers on our camera system. These are people that are bringing illicit drugs in our country. And we're only a small percentage of what's coming across that border, what we're seeing, what we're grabbing. My point is this, we have to have a war on drugs. We need and national sheriffs, Western states, Southwest border. I've already identified the cartels as the number one criminal organization that we need to be going after. We need to continue that fight, but we can't do it alone. We need the federal government. We need this administration. We need U.S. Congress to step up and quit talking. Let's start walking with us. Until they do this, every child that dies in this country, every mom or dad that dies, it can be avoided. We have to engage in this. This is horrible what's going on here. And something else, Jim, I want to hit on this border that a lot of people don't talk about is people say, well, Sheriff, you're just you're tough on the border. You know, well, I'm tough on the rule of law. Because after 39 years, I should be. I took an oath to do that. When I served in the military prior to that, I took an oath to protect this country. Now I'm protecting the community and, and the country. But you look at the humanitarian side of this, and a lot of people don't talk about. In the last little over two years, I think we're pushing almost 1,500 migrants have died on U.S. soil on the southwest border. 1,500. As of about six, eight months ago, it was 1,300 and some. That's why it's made up. And that number is not going down. And that's what we know of. That's what we have discovered in the mountains and in the desert areas uh, throughout the southwest border. That's a lot of people that have died. Those are people. I um, and, and I'll give you an example. We had a 31-year-old female that was being smuggled by the cartels, which I think is horrific in itself. She got caught up on our uh, physical barrier and hung there and died. This, this, this mom had children. Why aren't we talking about that? Why are we allowing this kind of behavior? Because every death on the Southwest border, primary sheriffs are addressing those as homicides and to improve in others. And then we spend time working with our consulates to get the, these individuals back connected to their families because they're missing. Mm. And there are funerals, there are cemeteries that have John and Jane Doe's in them to include my own county because we can't find the families because mostly people are being smuggled by the cartels with no ID. 
when that when the federal government says hey this is inhumane that is inhumane what's inhumane is we're allowing this without better attention uh to stop it secure our borders enforce the laws on the books and make this a safer border not an avoidance border and that's what's happening we're avoiding what's going on here mm -hmm. yeah those are horrific descriptions that you just talked about um i want to wrap up and thank you for your time and and um I want you to summarize the life of a Cochise County deputy. Are you frozen in time there? Is it modern policing or with the centuries old uh, mission of just stopping crime, creating trust with your community and keeping deputies safe? Or are you just roll? You talk about the, the, the important issues on the border. What about the rest of the county? Well, let me just say this. Um, we'll always have a Western theme here. I mean, that's who we are. That's our legacy. And on our patrol cars, it says, um, uh, leading the way since 1881. And that's our legacy. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of who we are. I'm proud of the alumni that served here and those who paid the ultimate price and those that have perished but served an honorable mission here. But we're modern-day policing. I'm a big believer in that. We have transitioned from uh, the wheel guns to where we were back in the day to very modern policing. Uh, I believe in community policing. I'm a big believer in that. Education, prevention, enforcement. 66% what we do is prevent and educate. Sadly, 33% of the people that just don't want to follow the rules, there is an enforcement component of that. But we try to get it on the prevention education part of it too. My deputies love working what they do here. They do. But if you bring drugs here, you beat your wife here, you drink and drive here, you abuse your child here, you abuse, abuse the elderly, you break in somebody's home, we're going to hold you accountable. I promise you. I promise you that. Uh, but we do it with respect. We do it with professionalism. At the end of the day, uh, we have earned that trust in our community with our citizens. And that's what makes it special here. Uh, and as long as I'm serving as sheriff, we're going to keep pushing that. But we're always looking every day to find innovative ways to do it better. The day we quit swallowing the betterment pill is the day we're going to fail. So. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for being on the show. Cochise County, Arizona Sheriff. Mark Daniels, I appreciate what you do for us, for the country at the border there. And uh, your men and women who work for Cochise County Sheriff must really appreciate you as a boss. Hey, uh, take good care. Thank you, Jim. Thank you to all your viewers. Take care. All right. all right, to our listeners. Hey, thanks again for listening. I hope you found today's show interesting and entertaining. Uh, check out our show notes for some links to Cochise County, Arizona, and Sheriff Mark Daniels and the work that he's doing there. Hey, let us know what you think. Drop me a line at policingmatters at police1.com. That's policingmatters at police1.com. I'm Jim Dudley. Stay safe. Thanks for listening and hope to talk to you again real soon. Take good care.